one of the, one, one possibly one of the funniest true crime stories I've come across recently. We're going to talk about that. We're going to take a look at a time that American frontiersman, politician, shooter of animals, Davy Crockett, had a run-in with the creature he couldn't kill. And then we take a look at a bizarre theory that goes back thousands of years. Is it possible that diseases are actually supernatural? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. Let's go ahead and get started because we got we got a lot of stuff to cover here. First off, I want to give a shout out to our newest supporter of the show, John from Scar. John from the Scar Group, thank you so much. He's the one who's he's done a couple pieces of artwork for the show. He's done the colored in Dead Rabbit logo, which you'll see appear a lot. He also did the custom artwork for the uh, final episode of the Korea Week, North Korea Week. So I wanted to give John from Scar a shout out. Longtime supporter of the show. So you are going to be our Carpenter Copter pilot for today. You're going to be our chauffeur. You're going to take us wherever we want to go. It doesn't matter if you want to go there. You are the one driving us around. Now, let's go ahead and first off, let's hop in the Jason Jalopy, John. Let's go ahead. We're leaving behind Hood River. We're headed out to Natick, Massachusetts. Never heard of this town before. Never. I never even knew it existed, right? And today I wake up, I literally just got done reading this story. I'm recording this episode extremely early because the story is so hilarious. I was like, I just got to tell this story. We're driving out. We're leaving behind Hood River. We're going to Natick, Massachusetts. It's August 2019. Now, let's do a little bit of a meta here. Before I actually get into the story, let me tell you what was going on. I just woke up probably about two hours ago. I'm doing my reading. I do all, reading all my articles in the morning, stuff like that, and I'm drinking my Diet Pepsi, half awake, and I see this headline, this couple is suing this, this married couple suing some eBay executives for harassment or something like that, and I remember looking at it and being like, ah, you know, some lunatic, right? Couple, couple lunatic, I guess I'm some sort of bootlicking corporate shill, because I saw the headline and I was like, ah, couple lunatics accusing this company of something they probably didn't commit. Uh, I'm kind of reading through the article, and I'm reading it, and I'm like, oh, these guys probably just looking for a quick payday. And then I get about halfway through the article. I'm barely awake, okay? I get halfway through the article, and I start seeing words pop up like prosecutors, federal charges, felony. And I go, whoa, 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 whoa wait a second. This isn't some lunatic lawsuit. This isn't some, like, civil civil lawsuit because... This story is absolutely insane. So when I was reading it, I was like, this can't be true, right? This has to be some people looking for a quick payday. Let's rewind back in time and go to August of 2019. There's this married couple, right? They live in Natick, Massachusetts. And they've provoked the ire of eBay, the online auction site. Really, the only online auction site or the only one that matters. Six former eBay executives have been charged Federal crimes. Now, this is all alleged, right? But one of the guys is on the run right now. They can't find him. Authorities can't find him. They're charged with high-level eBay executives, okay? They're charged with conspiracy to commit cyber-stalking and conspiracy to tamper with witnesses. And you're like, what? The, the two main people involved was James, this is all alleged again, James Bogg, 
He's the former senior director of safety and security for eBay. And then you have David Harville, eBay's former director of global security and resiliency. Again, this wasn't a couple people working at the warehouse who were having a crummy day. These are people who ran their security teams. They also had the, um, you also had the former senior manager of global intelligence and a former senior manager of special operations for eBay's global security team. Okay, all alleged, and that's the last time I'm going to say that. So you have these high-level people who are threatening emails and texts are threatening to crush this lady. I'm going to put her down. I'm going to show her what's what. So, so listen, the reason why they're all former executives is because eBay has already run an internal investigation and fired all of these people and said, we had nothing to do with this. We have nothing to do with this. Other people say it may go a little bit higher. I guess the CEO of eBay actually resigned recently over this, over what we're about to get into. You have these former eBay executives, right? High level. I mean, these people are pulling in hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And they want to strike back at this couple. They want to, quote, crush this lady. So this is what they, this is what you're paying all this money for, for your senior manager of global intelligence. These are the plans they come up with to harass this couple. They send threatening messages, emails, text messages. That's pretty standard, right? They send pizzas. Okay, this should have been an obvious setup, right? The pizza parlor is, is, should have, they should be responsible for this one at 4.30 in the morning. Domino's Pizza. Like, obviously that's fake. No, I don't even know pizza parlors are open at 4.30 in the morning, but apparently if you have eBay on your side, you can make them open. They ad- this is pretty funny. They put a ad in- online that said, hey, we're having a yard sale, but if no one is outside for said yard sale, just knock on our door. That's pretty harmless, right? I mean, it'd be annoying. And again, the people who, I mean, who walks up to an empty yard and be like, yuck, yuck, I wonder where this, <laughs> this is location of the yard sale, right? Huh? Better go knock on the door. Yard sales at 4.30 in the morning. They also, this is where it starts to get a little more iffy. They put a Craigslist ad (laughs) inviting singles, couples, and swingers to their house to party after 10 p.m. every night. Now, that's like trolling 101. And it's quite hilarious to think that you... Imagine like a boardroom and all these people are sitting there in their suits and their ties and stuff like that. And they actually have like a PowerPoint. They're like, what are we going to do to this couple today? And they're like, I don't know. How's the swinger initiative going? And they're like... Go to the next slide. They're like, according according to this, 5% of all swingers in Nantic have been to this house yet. You see now why I thought this was just somebody. I was like, there's no way that eBay executives would actually be doing this. I'm reading the article and I'm just kind of glancing over and I'm thinking, there's no way that, there's no way this would be happening, right? But then again, I get further down and the federal government is involved. These guys are actually being charged. One guy is on the run. But that's not all. That's not all. Because remember who you're messing with, bro. You're messing with eBay. And what is eBay known for? Having access to every single thing on the planet. So, I mean, I could call up and have a bunch of swingers show up at your house, right? I could. I'm not gonna, but I could. But eBay has the ability, eBay basically has access to every prank in the world. So this is, they started sending this couple stuff. They get a bloody Halloween pig mask, like the mask, the saw pig woman thing. It's like a head, you know, you guys know what a pig woman looks like. 
I, I don't know. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't watch horror movies. I mean, sure, it wouldn't be fun to get in the mail, but whatever. <laughs> now you have a Halloween costume. Thanks, eBay. They sent... This is cruel. Married couple sitting there. One day you get a book. How to survive the death of a spouse. That's dark. But then to line things up a couple days later, they sent him a box of maggots. So you're like already reading this book. You're like, oh, this is kind of creepy. They're sending us some threats. You put it next to the big mask. Next day, you get a bo- the box is moving across your table. Ugh. Box of maggots. Box of live spiders. I mean, come on. These guys. These, this is genius trolling at this point. E- this is when some executive at eBay overheard and goes, what? You're having a bunch of swingers show up at your house? Why don't we send them all the gross stuff we sell on eBay? Box of maggots. Box of live spiders. Which you know both of those. You had to open, right, to find the maggots and the spiders. It's not like you just saw a box on it. It's from Spiders R Us with a sticker on it. Caution, live spiders inside. They opened the box up. The spiders poured out. I know that probably triggered some of you guys. And I meant to do that. <laughs> I meant to do that. Open a box up. A bunch of maggots pop out. One giant maggot to rule them all. This was funny. This was another funny one. I mean, they're all kind of funny except for the book. They sent... A they sent them a bunch of porn, but see that that's one thing. You're like, all right, I just got my free porn magazines. First off, you'd go, they still make porn magazines. This is quite quaint. I'm gonna show this to my hipster friends. They sent porn, but they sent it to their neighbors with their name on it. So basically, it looks like they were ordering the couple was ordering the porn, but it was getting delivered to the wrong address. That's a nice spin, eBay. Give an applaud for that's funny. That's funny to send porn to the neighbors with their name on it. That's pretty funny. I'm not, don't do it to me, right? But still pretty funny. And then they sent them a pig. <laughs> I just had to record this story. Like when I got done reading it, they sent them a pig fetus. They sent this couple a pig fetus, but, but the shipper of the pig fetus, something sparked in their brain and was like, hmm. They actually called up the family first. They probably realized it was going to like a residential address. It was probably like, hmm, is this the place? My uncle lives in that town. He says he got a bunch of porn that he didn't order, and it had his neighbor's name on it. He, they called up the family and go, did you order a pig fetus? <laughs> the couple goes, no, we did not order a pig fetus, so they didn't get that. So you're asking yourself, what in the world could have prompted Six, there's, I don't know if I said this earlier, it's six different eBay executives who have been fired and are currently facing charges. One is arrested, the other one's on the run, and four of the people weren't arrested, but they're facing these charges. What could have made these eBay executives, again, last time, allegedly, start a campaign of terror, sending swingers, sending a bunch of sex perverts to their house, pizzas, maggots, Live spiders. They're still running around. Look behind you. There's one 10 yards away from you at any given time. They're everywhere. All this stuff. Attempted attempted pig fetus delivery. What could this couple have possibly done to get this? They wrote a newsletter. They wrote a newsletter about e-commerce. And in the newsletter, they talked about eBay. <laughs> they said eBay sucked. And then in the anonymous comments, people would be like, you're right, eBay sucks. That was it. That was it. 
that's terrifying, right? I 100% thought, because I read the article, obviously, backwards. The lead was these this couple writes this newsletter, and eBay is harassing them, and I'm thinking, that's impossible. I remember reading it go, they're probably just suing them in court because they got a bloody pig mask, and it could have, you know, someone could have been messing with them, or whatever. I thought, that's impossible, and I kept reading the article, and I'm thinking, I'm half awake, and I'm thinking, they're filing civil charges against six eBay executives saying that they were speaking truth to power and they were getting harassed because a bloody pig mask got sent to their house. And then I was that, uh-uh. Nope. They, these people are being charged. They're facing jail sentence, prison sentences. They've been fired from their job at eBay after an internal investigation. That's terrifying and and the couple went to the local police and they were like telling the cops that the cops at first were kind of like what i was doing like that sounds impossible and then finally the detectives really started looking into it they pushed it really really hard and then they got a hold of ebay and ebay started investigating and canned all these people that's terrifying right like i it sounds made up but no and the the police are saying we're not going to reveal the name of the couple or their blog. We're not even going to reveal. It was a blog. It was a blog, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Think about that. Would be the think about how much people crap on Michael Bay online all the time, right? And the fact that Michael Bay would even take one one minute out of his time to post a Craigslist ad to send swingers to your house sounds ridiculous. But these guys had a targeted campaign against this couple, Natic, who had a blog talking about e-commerce. And they're like, eBay sucks. And here's the thing. We don't know, because I don't have access to the blog. I don't know exactly what they said, but I can't imagine. The most scathing review of eBay, the most expose review of eBay on this blog would not justify that activity, right? eBay couldn't... it boggles my mind because obviously this wasn't a executive having a bad day and goes, you stink, leaves like a fake phone call. This was like targeted harassment over time period, right? It takes a while to arrange a pig fetus to get sent to somebody's house. Absolutely bizarre. Terrifying, really. You think, like, I'm always coming across gang stalking stuff and I'm like, yeah, yeah, gang stalking, gang stalking, yeah, yeah. It's usually a bunch of a bunch of weirdos, right? And that was my knee-jerk reaction to this one. I was like, there's no way this is true. Absolutely creepy. And then I think, as I'm reading the article, I'm thinking about all the people that I piss off all the time. I'm like, ah. Yeah, so anyways, that, that is a bizarre true crime story. It's funny. It's good that the people are getting justice, and it'll probably make me pause a little bit more when I wake up in the morning and I'm reading an article like this, or even in the midday. Because I completely brushed it off. I was thinking, oh, this can't be true. But they're being dragged in front of federal court. Really, the couple now, they may be making the blog still, we don't know. But the couple now definitely can sue eBay later on, get a ton of money. I'm sure lawyers are already salivating over that lawsuit. And they got a free free box of maggots out of it, right? And they made some new friends. It turns out that the real harassment was the swinger friends they made along the way. I think that is the real lesson to learn from this whole thing. So shame on you, former executives of eBay and possibly other members of the eBay community. Allegedly. But who knows? Scary, though, isn't it, dude? Like, all the stuff that's put out there on a daily basis, all those negative opinions out there on a daily basis. 
I can understand if you're making fun of like a local restaurant and they like get uppity and they're like, no, you take that down. And so, I mean, it's still, it's still despicable. Like people are allowed to have their opinions and things like that. But then the restaurant should just be like, ah, whatever. We have enough good customers. Or maybe that review's valid or whatever. <laughs> but that's like a local thing to have eBay actually care what some blog, whether or not the blog had t- 10 readers or 100,000 readers or whatever. It wouldn't affect their overall business for whatever reason. What this person was saying in this blog was really digging into eBay's skin. But still, live maggots was a bridge too far. <laughs> eBay. I mean, again, I got a free bloody pig mask out of it. That's awesome. But everything else is pretty gross. Let's go ahead. That story took a long time. I'm editing nothing. That story took a little bit longer than I thought. So we're gonna save the Davy Crockett story for tomorrow. It's quite short, but it's not short enough to really do justice now. John, let's hop in the Carpenter Copter. We're leaving behind Natick, Massachusetts. And I, I, yes, yes, you do notice I have a Safeway plastic bag in my hand. And John's like, you're not really, that's not what I think it is. And I'm like, it's all wiggling. It's a little of both. You'll never know when you need a handful of maggot spiders. We might in the rest of this story. Who knows? So I'm going to carry this bag around for the rest of the episode. We're flying the helicopter. We're flying it out. We're leaving behind the United States and we are headed out to Thailand. We're flying over the villages. It's January 2013. We're going to Tambon Ta Sawong in Thailand. So we're walking through this village and everything's going normal. It's just normal village life. There's a bunch of dudes singing about stuff. Some chick wants to read books. And then this young, healthy man falls over dead. People are like, oh, what happened? That kind of ruined the big chorus we were building up to. A couple days later, another young, healthy man in the village dies. Over the course of a couple days, four men in total die of some respiratory illness. So they contact a medium. Doctors can't figure it out. So they contact a medium. And she says, you have to hang a red shirt outside your house. If you have a young man in your house, you have to hang a red shirt outside your house. That'll keep the ghost from getting them. I actually mentioned this on yesterday's episode. Disease goes away. Young men stop dying. Five years later, and 141 kilometers away. What is that, like 200 miles? In Nakton Rachisma's Femi district, young man dies. Respiratory illness. No one can figure it out. A couple days later, another young man dies. Respiratory illness. This is in 2018. Word gets out of what the cure could be. Put a red shirt. Hanging outside your house. People stop dying. Now, in in the area, they attribute this to a, a widow's curse, a widow's ghost. It's basically a what it what it sounds like. An, a woman whose husband died. When she passes away, her spirit is floating around and it's striking down young men as some sort of brutal revenge thing. And the red shirt or red towel was to wave it away. But you know, it's probably just, as a skeptic, it's probably just. Coincidence, right? You have a disease that strikes. You have an unknown respiratory illness that strikes. And it's already run its course. The red shirts don't actually change anything. The disease would have stopped anyways. Let's leave behind Thailand. Let's head out to India. This is in 2020. We meet a man. We meet the Swami Chakrapani. He's the national president of the all-India Hindu Mahashabaha. And he's making this statement. We're standing in this crowd, and he's making this statement in India. The coronavirus is an avatar 
sent to get revenge for eating animals. And everyone in the crowd is clapping. Everyone in the crowd is clapping. And he's like, yes. Yes, it has come down to destroy the meat eaters. And it's ravaging the planet. We've gotten out of control. We've lost our way. We've lost balance with nature. He knows the cure for it. The president of China must create an idol of the corona and seek forgiveness. All non-vegetarian Chinese people must pledge to not hurt any innocent creatures. And doing this will make the corona return to its own plane of existence. We're standing in this crowd and you go, well, last I checked, not only Chinese people are eating meat, and last I checked, not only Chinese people had coronavirus. And I was, I'm like, yes, yes. But India and China don't really like each other. I want to use these two stories really as a jumping off point. Do diseases have a supernatural origin? We talk about demonic possession where a, a demon can inhabit a human being and cause it to cause chaos, destruction, work for eBay, start sending out pig fetuses, all this stuff. A demon can possess a body. Why couldn't a demon possess a germ? Why couldn't a demon possess something smaller than a human body? And if the, and, and I, I'm not disregarding coronavirus or any disease whatsoever. I'm not saying I'm not saying anything like that. This is a thought experiment. But if a demon can possess a human, and biblically a demon can possess a pig, that happened when the dude was possessed, and Jesus was like, "Get out of that dude!" And the demons are like, "Uh, uh, uh." And that's where that famous quote comes from when Jesus asks, "How many demons are in you?" The demon goes, we are legion for we are many. And the demon's like, no, nope, that was a cool line, but get out, get out. And the demons are like, aw. And they, he, God puts them in the bodies of pigs, like possesses a bunch of pigs with them. It's like, get in there. And then the pigs drown themselves. The demons cause the pigs to drown themselves. So biblically, demons can possess non-human creatures. In fiction and in possible stories that you see, demons may be able to possess inanimate objects. Haunted dolls and stuff like that. But you could debate whether or not, one, those stories are correct at all. But you you could have human ghosts inhabit those as well. I don't know if a human ghost could technically possess a human. But I should look into that, considering that is kind of my job. But can a demon possess a germ? It's an interesting question, because what that would mean, what it would mean is that the germ is vulnerable to the same thing that the demon is vulnerable to. So, again, in demon lore, you can perform an exorcism on a human, you can put holy water on a human who's possessed by a demon, and it would drive these things out. If you... Now, again, this is going to sound completely ridiculous, but if you had a a germ on a slide, like a micro microscope slide, and you have a little dropper of holy water, and went squirt, squirt, would the germ react to it? Now, if you have a microscope, please do that. Please go get some water and then start getting people to cough on slides. Maybe you can find ones that are demonically possessed. But wouldn't that be interesting? I, I think it's an interesting thought experiment. Could a demon infect a germ? And if it did, would when humans are possessed, again, according to demon lore, when humans are possessed, they become incredibly strong, they become super smart. They can speak languages. They, they basically have all the intelligence of a demon. So they've been around for tens of thousands of years, of centuries, tens of thousands of centuries. 
They have all the intelligence of the demon. They're physically strong. They can pick people up, throw them across the room. Maybe some mild telekinetic powers. Now that I think about it, it's actually interesting because demons don't have a lot of powers once they're in a human body. They can mildly make stuff levitate, but like dematerialization, things like that. Bending spoons, it doesn't really work that way. They're pretty limited, but they definitely do have increased strength and they have the vast intelligence of a demon. If you put that into a germ, you're losing... I mean, I don't, I'm not saying the germs are going to be able to bench press 10 other germs, but it may be able to become a more hardy creature. A creature more immune to cures. So if we accept that demons can possess people, why couldn't demons possess germs? And if demons possess germs or a virus... What's to stop it from being a virus that is close to being incurable? You could have it so that the demon virus... I can't believe I'm actually even saying this out loud. You can have it when the demon, demon virus, when it splits and replicates. Does it have the full strength of the demon in each little atom? Or does the demon get weaker and weaker? And the reason why I think it's interesting is because we talk so much about healing the body, healing the body when it comes to medicine. but even Western medicine is coming around to the idea that you also have to heal the mind, that visualization plays a huge part in healing. They do say that having visualization when you're sick, imagining the cancer cells slowly dying off, turning into nothingness, helps so much. So when even Western medicine, and and Eastern medicine's always been about the spirit and the mind as well. It's not just like, here, take this. You also have to Work on your mind, your meditation, your onefulness to help defeat the disease. So what if diseases aren't just a biological enemy? What if on just a basic level, it's not just attacking the body, but attacking the mind, attacking the soul? So to cure them, you have to fight them on both levels. And if we accept that, then we can push it one step further and say that not only is a life-threatening disease something that attacks the mind and the body, but also something that attacks the spirit, the soul. That's the demonic angle to it. By no means saying stop taking your medicine. I'm by no means at all saying don't go to the doctor when you're sick. But you can always supplement your healing with healing you can do yourself. Do what the doctors tell you to do. But at the same time, being mindful, meditating, visualizing can help a lot as well. If the world of the supernatural is inhabiting the world of microbes, the battle to find cures for these diseases that have plagued mankind for centuries and and new ones that are popping up today can go on even longer. Because we're not fighting just one enemy. We're not just fighting a biological enemy. We're not simply fighting an enemy of flesh and blood, but of spirit. It's not one that just creeps into our bedroom at night or follows us down a dark road when we're alone. But it inhabits amoebas, turns sniffles into respiratory illnesses. And we could labor for years and years and years in laboratories trying to find a cure. And when we find a cure, we find out it only works or barely works or doesn't work. But maybe the component that is missing isn't another amino acid. Maybe the cure that's missing is the right medicine and a red flag hanging outside your house. 
deadrabbitradio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.